Someone shout, he's alive. He's not dead. It means if he's alive, then you are also alive. So somebody holler, I am alive and well. Uh, even if you don't feel it is well, shout, I am alive and well. For we see the things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14 to 19. I'll be moving a bit fast so I can use time well. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and our faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that you raise up Christ whom he raised not up if so be that the dead rise not for if the dead rise not then is not Christ raised and if Christ be not raised your faith my faith is vain ye are yet in your sins Verse 18. Then they also which are falling asleep in Christ are perish. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. This is the heart of the resurrection of Christ. And here I want to quickly throw out five things and then I will give you three things that the resurrection reveals to you. Then I'll switch, hallelujah, to talk to this wonderful men and women as well as to all of us. The first truth about the resurrection found in the scripture I just read is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the power of the gospel. It is the power of the God. You find it in verse 14. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vague. What makes our preaching a reality is the fact that he resurrected on the third day. The second truth I want you to understand is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the power of our faith. That's what gives substance to what we believe. It is the power of our faith. It's still in verse 14. And your faith is also vain. So if Christ did not resurrect, our faith, what we say we believe, will amount to nothing. The third truth, ladies and gentlemen, about the resurrection is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ releases the power of righteousness. It was because he resurrected, you and I have a right standing with God. On our own, we were full of sin. And because he died, he was buried. On the third day he rose again, he released unto us the power of righteousness. Verse number 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sin. So if he had not resurrected, we will still remain in our sin. Hallelujah. That is the 
third thing or the third truth the fourth truth is the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the seed for the resurrection of the saints at the rapture. I have hope that when he comes, I'll be caught up with him in the sky. Because he resurrected, he became the first fruit. You see it in verse number 18. Then they also which are falling asleep in Christ are perished. So if Christ did not resurrect, then those who died in him, they are perished. The resurrection, Easter Sunday, gives credence to the fact that there is hope for our lives. Now soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. No more crying there, no more weeping there, and as he is, so shall we be. It gives proof. That on the day of rapture. So if you don't believe in rapture. Believe in the fact that he resurrected. And so you and I got to keep preparing. And keep hoping. And waiting. For his second coming. Because he will come. Hallelujah. I said he will come. Hallelujah. When I was in secondary school scripture union, they used to sing the song. We are still singing and we are still waiting and you'll come. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are going to see the king. We sang it when we were in our teens. We are still singing. Because he's still waiting for the last person to hear the gospel. Then he will come. That is why the resurrection must energize you unto soul winning. And you want to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. So that we can see Maranatha. Lord, come quickly. Hallelujah. The fifth truth that the resurrection reveals is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is our way of escape from the mystery of life or from the life of mystery. Now, because Jesus died and he rose again, your life and my life cannot be miserable. See it in verse number 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So it is not only in this life. So his resurrection marked our escape from the misery, the suffering, the pain, the shame, the agony of life. And once you begin to understand the mysteries behind his resurrection uh, you cannot be miserable in life I'm saying to somebody you cannot be miserable in life uh, by reason of his resurrection he led captivity captive and he gave gifts of men we will get this hallelujah 
Three things that the resurrection reveals. The first thing the resurrection reveals is that God is a promise keeper. I want a child of God to know that as we mark the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it should mark a remembrance in our lives and in our heart that our God is faithful to his promise. God is a promise keeper. Genesis 1 verse 3 and 6 to 7. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So whatever God said, happened. He said, let there be light. There was light. He kept his promise. Number six. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. Verse seven. And God made the firmament. And divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so. So whatever God says, God does it. The resurrection shows to us, ladies and gentlemen, that God is a covenant-keeping God. When The resurrection shows that what God says he means and he means what he says. I'll give you two scripture examples of God promise keeping capacity. God promise of Jesus resurrecting from the dead. Give me Mark 8.31 Mark 8.31 And he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again from the dead. Hallelujah. Give me Matthew 20 verse 18. Behold we go up to Jerusalem and the son of man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes and they shall condemn him to death verse 19 and shall deliver him to the gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him and the third day he shall rise again what God said God did it hallelujah hallelujah remember God's promise to Sarah is a promise keeper in Genesis 18, verse 10 to 13. Genesis 18, verse 10, 11, 12, and 13. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah shall have, and Sarah had it, and in a tent which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. And well speaking in age. And he sees to be with Sarah after the man of woman. Verse 13, verse 12, okay. Therefore Sarah laughed with herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. Verse 13. 
And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child when I am old? Genesis 21, verse 1 and 2. I'm just showing you God's covenant keeping ability. That as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, know that whatever He has said to you, to us as a church, He will do it. He is a promise keeper. And the Lord visited Sarah as He had said. So God says, God keeps. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. I don't know how long God gave you a promise. And I don't know how long you may have waited. Uh, but soon and very soon, there shall be a manifestation uh, of his covenant word concerning your life. Uh, and he that shall come uh, shall surely come in your life. Uh, can I get your living? Amen. Look at the promise of Israel in Egypt. Genesis 15, verse 13 to 15. He said, you'll be in bondage and captivity for 400 years. Then after, not before, after, after, after. There are things God says. We get excited as to what God must do. But don't get excited at the content and the details of the matter. So along the line, we get frustrated and we get confused. He said, after. Genesis 15, 13. And he said unto Abraham, know of a surety that I see shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them for 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards, afterwards shall they come out with great substance. So may say one of these days, I am imagining uh, with great substance uh, according to the word of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 15, please. Thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. God spoke. God promised. Look at somebody and said, don't waver. Don't waver. Be at peace. He said, stand still. Hold your peace. You see, the last thing you should ever lose in life, your peace. Regardless of what you are going through, never lose your peace. When you lose your peace, you have lost everything. Huh? So he looked at Moses and said, Stand still, hold your peace. Today you will see my salvation. Sometimes the things we go through, uh, the intent of the enemy behind the scene uh, is for you and I to lose our peace. But once you hold your peace, the shalom of God, nothing missing, uh, nothing broken. Uh, the odds may be against you, uh, but when your day, your hour, your season, your moment comes, uh, he that must come, uh, I'm saying will surely come. Uh, nobody can depart the hand of God uh, from performing uh, the counsel of God uh, concerning your life. Uh, say, I hear you. Uh. So in Exodus chapter 12, verse 40, 41, we see the fulfillment of the promise of God. Exodus chapter 12, 40 and 41. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. Verse 41. 
And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, like it was I was preparing. He said, even the self same day. Mr. one second. The self same day. Am I talking to a believer? The self same day. It came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord they went out of the land of Egypt uh, but the power of the revealed word of God uh, once your time is up uh, let no power let no entity uh, hold you to ransom uh, the self same day uh, the self same hour sometimes working with God is a mystery that's why nobody confuses anybody in our work with God it's a personal work because there are things he said to you there are things he said to me don't use what he said to you to confuse me and I will not use what he said to me to confuse me don't use what he said to you to judge me and I will not use what he said to me uh, to judge you uh, because his word to you his word to me uh, his word to us individually so there are seasons it may be well with you but somebody else's season is coming uh, some may say very very soon uh, myself same day uh, will appear and nothing uh, no man no woman uh, no entity uh, the ten gods of Egypt uh, could not hold the people of God uh, because the day came uh, to God uh, I profess uh, in the name that is above every other name uh, you are released today you are released today uh, by virtue of the resurrection of Jesus uh, any delay uh, is cancelled What is my counsel to you on this first thing? Never doubt God and never give up on God. He's a promise keeper. Never. Mention your idea will be a problem. Now transfer Never doubt God and never give up on God. The second counsel I give to you on this first point, trust God to help you. To never be a hindrance to his word to you. That what God has said to you, you yourself will believe. Because if you don't believe, manifestation is challenged. That is one of the causes of delay. Unbelief. The second truth that the revel resurrection reveals is that sometimes both God and the devil they work on the same project. At the same time, but with different objectives. Sometimes you will see in people's life, it's as if everything is going bad. The world's God is working, uh, the devil is also working, uh, but the objectives are different, uh, the end results are different, uh, the outcome may look different. Uh, it's about holding on. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Look at the case of the crucifixion of Jesus. It was one clear example of the devil working behind the scene to destroy. And God also working with another objective. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and verse 8, please. Am I saying anything to anybody? 
First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse 8. Which none of the princes of the world knew. The devil didn't know. He thought he was working uh, to destroy a man. I'm here saying to somebody, uh, whatever any man is doing uh, with the intent to destroy you, uh, there is a God. I said, there is a God. If the princes, if the princes of this world knew, uh, for had they known, had they known it, they will not, they will not, they will not have crucified the Lord of glory. Uh. They didn't knew. They never got to know. So they were working behind the scene. We are finishing. We are finishing. You know, there's a song we used to sing. Roman Christo. Now what Jesus said, no. Asasi Wosu Obotai Papa. Now she said, Messi, oh, you, Nyameba, Ampa, Ampa, Rai, oh, you, Nyameba, Ampa. If they are known, see, if people know what they are doing against you, they will stop. That's why I said, Don't rejoice over me. It is okay to sit in darkness. It's part of life. But the Lord, not the devil. The Lord shall be a light. So life has dark seasons. And bright days. Hallelujah. Look at the case of Joseph. It is another example of the devil working behind the scene with the intent to destroy him. Let's kill him and see what will become of his vision. Hallelujah. Look at Genesis 5, eh, sorry, 45, verse 3 to 8. Very quickly, please. Genesis 45, verse 3 to 8. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him. One of these days, those who worked against you, they will not be able to answer because their intentions have been defeated. His brethren could not answer him. For they were troubled at his presence. There are people when they see you, they are worried. You should not be worried. Let them be worried. Hallelujah. Next verse, please. Next verse. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Whom you sold into Egypt. The reason why they sold him was to finish him. That Joseph's memory will be forgotten. Joseph's purpose and assignment will become in vain. Next verse. Now therefore be not grieved. Not angry with yourself because if it doesn't guide them, they'll kill themselves. You don't need your enemies to die, they must live long. 
They must see and behold the goodness of God at work in your life. Uh, but the mystery of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So that they let your enemies live long. If they die, it is of no use. It's of no use. Invite them. To behold the goodness of God in your life. Whether you like it or not, you will go through those chapters of life. It is part of life. When you are not working with God well, you don't understand the chapters of life. But when you begin to work with God, unto all pleasing now, you begin to understand the chapters of life, that there are dark room for processing. And when you are in your dark room and you are being processed, uh, uh, let those who want to laugh at you, laugh at you. Uh. Let those who want to mock at you, mock at you. Uh. But one of these days, your Sunday will come. I said, your Sunday will come. Somebody say, my Sunday will come. In the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, and you'll see the stone rolled away. And you'll come and say, the tomb is empty. Uh, but he said he will rise. Uh, and surely he has risen. Put your hands together. Give him some praise. In the house of the living God. Hallelujah. The devil thought he was selling Joseph. But he didn't know God was sending him. <laughs> oh, Kabasi Atakaba. I said, the devil thought he was selling. But he didn't know that God was sending him. He said, I sent you ahead of them to preserve posterity. If Joseph had not gone, his family would have been wiped away. Because farming would have killed them. There's a reason why you are going through what you are going through. Let the resurrection of, the resurrection of Jesus Christ give you hope. Hallelujah. That is why in Romans 8 verse 20 the Bible says, And we know. And we know. The other time I said somewhere, before you say that, and we know, you should have practiced the verse 26. You should have prayed. The problem with the believer is that when we are going through things, we don't pray. Pray. Handle the matter. Settle it with God and leave the matter. The next instruction to God to you is that, and we know that all things will work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. Don't stop serving God regardless of what you are going through. When things become difficult, that is why you should even start sleeping in the church. Because it's always a decoy to say, God has filled me. God has appointed me. I'm not happy serving God. No, if you're not happy serving God, what will you be happy serving? I love Apostle Paul. He said, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. If you really love God, nothing separates you. Not even your pain. Because your pain will one day be again. Hallelujah. What is my counsel to you, precious one? Never lose heart or faint because of any enemy. Never. You are going through difficult times. Never lose heart. Never faint because of any enemy. The second counsel is trust God to work out his purposes in the midst of enemy activity whilst the enemy is working trust God 
to also work out his purposes. At the end of the day, you and I shall and will always be declared the winner. Somebody say, Amen. The third and final thing on the resurrection, then I switch, is that God has the final say. Can I hear somebody shout, God has the final say in my life. The devil hasn't got the final say. Your enemies hasn't got the final say. God has the final say. Every believer must know that the final say so is in the house of God. Who is he that said? And it cometh to pass when Almighty God has not commanded it. God has the final say. Let people gather and say it is finished. It is over with him. God has the final say. Good people. So whatever they do to kill you, God has not killed you. You know, when we were young, and I would not sing it again. Ingo, Ingo die. Ingo, Ingo he noni nyongwangale bakumi inakomago. The thing where they write, you know, happy, you know, if you die, so don't be careless. Don't live outside the will of God. Stay in the will of God. Huh? God has the final say. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled. The resurrection of Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, came to confirm that it doesn't matter what the enemy says. God has the final say. It doesn't matter what move the enemy has made. God will make the final move. Let the devil push. Like Papa will say, push and press all the liver. One, push from God. Will give the devil two. God has. The believer must know this. So your faith in God can be solid in the midst of trial, adversity, persecution, tribulation. God has the final say. Does it matter what conclusion the enemy has drawn? God decides the final conclusion of all matters. Not your enemies. He said they shall gather but not by me. He said they shall come in seven ways. So in one way, but they shall flee. So they come in agreement. But when I, the Lord, utter my mouth, I will scatter them. God has the final say. That's why I've decided to walk with God. I've decided to know God and to pursue him and him alone. God has the final say. Let me give you some two, three scriptural examples. And I switch. Look at the case of the resurrection of Jesus. The same thing. Matthew 27, 62. Very quickly, please. Matthew 27, 62 to 66, if you are writing. Now the next day, that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate. Go with me, please. 
Say, you say, we remember that the deceiver said, look at what they are, the deceiver, the deceiver, the deceiver, the deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Let's go. Command, therefore, that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day. Let his disciples, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he's risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. So if they believe they have made an error already, the enemy will not stop making errors about your life. And the enemy can never right his wrong. Pilate said unto them, ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. The devil don't have the final say. Mark the word. He said, we, we have done everything. You, we have finished you. They don't have the final say. Next verse, please. Is that 66? So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. So it wasn't God who sealed the tomb. It was men who put a stone. And it was men who sealed it. They made the situation highly important, impossible for you to see results. And there are times people can conspire, arrange things, put in systems and structures, uh, and they come to the conclusion uh, that what they are, then they sit down watching you. Uh, and when they see you passing, they are laughing. Uh, they see you returning, they are laughing. Uh, they say, Look, uh, we finish. Uh, but God has the final say. Uh, he said, I will sit in the heavens uh, and I will laugh at your enemies uh, to the listener. Let's jump to verse chapter 45. Because of time, I'm just giving you synopsis. 45 verse 3 to 8. Can go back home and do a further study. Genesis 45, please, verse 3 to 8. And Joseph said, Sorry, forgive me. Matthew 28. Forgive me. Matthew 28, verse 1 to 4. I'm sorry. Matthew 28, 1 to 4. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Madeline and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon him. When God begins to handle your matter, it be only enemy where they like matter, whether they can't tackle God. He rolled away the stone and he sat on it. When God decides to finalize your matter, he does it so diligently uh, that no power, no man, no woman, uh, no peace, no entity uh, can be able to interfere. Uh, say, this shall be my portion. Uh. Verse number three. His countenance was like lightning and his remained white as snow. Verse four. And for fear of him, the keepers be shook and became as dead men. May our enemies be like dead men. I said, may our enemies be like dead men. 
by reason of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, uh, may the enemies to your destiny, uh, the enemies to your future, may they remain as dead men. You look at the case of Joseph, they say the devil didn't have the final say, it was God. Time will not allow me. Hallelujah. When we go, we can read Genesis 37, verse 19 and 20, 23 to 28, and Genesis 45, verse 3 to 8 for your study. And the last one, the case of David himself. God had the finances. So, 1 Samuel 16, 45. 1 Samuel 16, 45. And Samuel did that which the Lord speak and came to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably. Go with me. And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Verse 4. Sorry, verse 5. And it came to pass when they were come, that they looked on Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before thee. This was a little boy. They have left him with a few sheep at the backside of the desert. It means he was forgotten. Nobody was thinking about this is the future king of Israel. But for a moment, it's as if he had no destiny. He was left in the world. To face lion in the bed. You see, the Bible says in Psalm number 27, verse 10, when my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will take me. When my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me. When he came to David, he said, We will not sit down until you bring him. And the day and the moment that David showed up, he said, this is the one. Arise and anoint him. Nobody will take your place. I said, nobody will take what is yours. Whatever anointing God has ordained for you, no scheme, no strategy will make you lose it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What is my counsel to counsel? I like to preach with counsel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never be moved. By what either men or the enemy have said or done. Wait on what God will say or do. Never be moved by what men or the enemy have said or done. Two, never give up on God. Wait for his move. Wait. Don't give up on God. The situation may look dark, but don't give up on God. Don't. 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 You may be left alone. You may be in a miserable, dry situation. Never give up on God. Job said, I will wait until my change comes. Hallelujah. I've shown you three things. That the resurrection of Jesus reveals. And as you walk in the understanding of these three things, may your life become complete. 
But in Ephesians chapter 4, reading from verse 8, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower part of the earth. This is talking about the dead, burial, resurrection of Jesus. That the essence of Christ's coming to live, to die, was to package and to release the gift of men. Verse 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we all come in a unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In the next few minutes, I want to speak to you what I call secret of lasting impact. Secret of lasting impact. And once God has decided to call, and once man has heard, and one man has obeyed, God's intention is that our impact must and should last. In Proverbs 4 verse 18, he said, but the path of a just man shineth more and more unto the perfect day. It is as a shining light which shines more and more and more unto a perfect day. Note, those who start in life are many, but those who last a few. Those who start are many, but those who finish are few. Anybody can start any journey, but as to whether you will last and as to whether you will finish depends on some few things I want to just open all of us up to. See, the plan and purpose of God for his people is that we start strong, continue strong, and finish strong. That's God's plan. That we start strong, we continue strong, and we finish strong. Or let me put it another way. That you start strong, you continue stronger, and you finish strongest. That's God's For each one of us, whether you last as a singer, as a church worker, you got to start strong, continue stronger, and finish strongest. Once you are called into the ministry of the Lord, you are to start strong. You must continue strong. It is his call to you. Sometimes the call is reduced as a man calling a man. And so when I am not comfortable, I don't handle my calling well. But the caller is the most high God. It is God that calls. Papa cannot call you people. Sometimes I say in a shower, Papa cannot call me. God called me and gave me the privilege to work with him and under him. So I need to know how to work with him and under him. But I must fulfill my call. It's my call. It is God who picked a phone and put a phone call to me. And I picked the call and I answered and I heard what he told me. 
I got to be diligent to make my calling sure. You got to be diligent to make your calling sure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The end is designed to be far better than the beginning. Just last week, I was looking at my ordination photos and I was laughing. We're just standing here. We are about six or five. And I saw my licensing photos in year 2000, 22 years ago. Young innocent man, I still am innocent and young. I was standing here. And I was licensed. 20 years ago, I was standing here and I was ordained and I was crying. I was not crying because I regret the call. I was crying because of the magnitude of the weight and what God expects. And no man takes this honor upon himself. It's not decoration. It's not fanfare. It's not entertainment. It's life and death. For this purpose was the Son of God made manifest. So your manifestation is for the realization of your purpose. Hallelujah. In Psalm 84, verse 7, said they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before God. So that is God's mind that we should move from strength to strength. Your work with God, you should not get weaker and weaker. Your call, your assignment, you should not get weaker and weaker. It's from strength to strength. The ending should be glorious. Look at the life of Apostle Paul. He began, he continued, he finished, he kept the faith. Second Timothy 4, 6 to 8. We'll come back to read it later. Hallelujah. If you read Numbers 23 verse 10, it said, who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of the fourth part of Israel? It said, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like this. It said, the end should be glorious. The pointer is on the end. The end should be glorious. When they said it is over, I have finished, it should have been glorious. There can be problems with the beginning, but the end should be what? Glory. And that's what I want to pump into your inner mind and be shy that it doesn't matter. We are starting strong, we will continue stronger, and we shall finish strongest. Look at Psalm 37, verse 37. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. Stronger, not pieces. It's peace. I'm just showing you the mind of God. That regardless, God wants you to end well. God wants us to end well. In Acts chapter 26 verse 22, this is a testimony of what Apostle Paul said. He said, having therefore obtained help of God. I said, I continue until this day witnessing both to small and great saying none other thing than those with the prophet and Moses this day should come to pass. He said, God helped me and I have continued unto doing. There are others who have departed. You are to continue. I am to continue. We are to continue. 
You see, in life, there are many categories of people as far as the journey of impact is concerned. You are many. And I'll give you five and three things and I'm done. One, those who started well but ended sadly. And they said that it's not the beginning of a thing that matters. It is the end. So there are those who started well and they ended sadly. A typical example is the life of Brother Samson. He started so well, strong and anointed and he ended up dying with his enemies. Second category are those who started well but existing with no impact. They started well. They did things. But currently, they are doing nothing. So the journey of impact can be started by anyone. But you see different categories of people. Church society. Check academia. Check the marketplace. There are people who start well. But they are existing with no impact. A typical example is the old prophet of Bethel. He was there, no relevance, and God had to send somebody else to come and get a job done. If you are around and somebody else is sent to get your job done, it means that you have no relevance. You are to start strong and continue strong. A third category of people who embark on journey of impact are those who start well but existing as a distraction they started so well but currently their life is distracting others if you look at their life they are no more an example you have nothing to look at that you can emulate they started well but they are existing as a distraction a typical example the song he terminated sorcery and witchcraft in the land. But he went back consulting. There are people, they start by telling you this is sin. But they get to a point and say it's no more sin. They now exist as a distraction. They say this is not acceptable. But they get to a level in life. They become tolerant with it. They start to but they are not existing as a distraction. They are distracting the next generation. They are not helping the next generation to have something to aspire for, something to inspire them. You may be singing in a choir. If you are no more effective, be careful, you will affect many. I am believing God to remain relevant to the closing of my eyes. That in my old age, I keep saying that I want to be preaching like this, you know. I was preaching like this in a classroom. I'm preaching like this in a temple. Hallelujah. Because it is God that is at work in us. Both we. Once you are willing, His grace will be sufficient. May you not, may I not exist as a distraction to many. Sometimes some person will be here now. We're confusing professor. Memo Monday now. You're saying that we're in your view, we're in your papa, we're in your papa. No, 
you don't exist as a distraction. You must exist as a relevant person. A life of impact. Number four. Number three, you can read first Samuel 28, verse 7, please. Number four. Those who started well but diverted into error. They started so well, but Papa, they diverted into error. Demas was one. Second Timothy 4, verse 10. He said, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And is departed to Salonica, Christians, and Galatia, Titus, unto Dalmatia. Demas started well, but diverted into error. There are people who started preaching the truth and they divert into heresy. Talking about a life of impact, a ministry of impact. In 2 Peter 2, verse 2, the Bible describes them as those who have returned back to their vomit. What they vomited, what they said they hate. What they say must not be practiced. Now they're endorsing it. So anybody can start their journey, ladies and gentlemen. But may we not divert into error. And sometimes the call of God is so clear. But along the line, life issues, life challenges, we refuse to stay true to the call, focus and determine, and we divert into extremities. Believe the call of God has no extremes. It is a way. If you move into one extreme or the other, you are lost. Because Christ will you know, Ojina Biojina, a people who come to him. Religion is what moves into extremes. Hallelujah. The fifth thing is those who start well and ended strong. They started well and they ended strong. And that's the category God wants us to be in. That as we are starting and as some of us have started, we will continue strong and end stronger. Those who start well. And, and the typical example is Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4 verse 6 to 8. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have fought. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid out for me a crown of righteousness. With the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not only to me, but Bishop Morgan. And the new people to be licensed and ordained. He said, not only to me, but unto all them also. That love is appearing. He said, follow my example. Start strong, continue strong, and finish strong. Now, what do you do to end well? I have one powerful phrase. Face your front. <laughs> face your front. Face your front. If you want to start strong, continue strong, and finish strong, face your front. If I didn't say anything, remember I said face your front. Come on here. Look where you go. Face 
your front. See, if you want to have a life of lasting impact, uh, face your front. Look not to the left, not to the right. Joel chapter 2, 7 to 8. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. They shall march everyone on his ways. Everyone on his ways. Everyone on his ways. Everyone on his ways. My ways are not your ways. Everyone shall march on his way. Face your front. And they shall not break their rank. Neither shall one trust another. They shall walk everyone on his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. Let's look at the Amplified. They run like warriors. They climb the wall like soldiers. They each march straight ahead. Each of them, they march straight ahead. They keep their focus. The call of God demands focus. They each march straight ahead in line. And they do not deviate from their path. They do not crowd each other. Each one marches in his path. When they burst through their defense weapons, they do not break rank. Look at the message. They climb barricades. Nothing stops them. Each soldier does what he is told. So disciplined and so determined. That is how the call is fulfilled. Each soldier does what he saw. They are so disciplined and they are so determined. They don't get into each other's way. Each one knows his job and does it. Each one knows his job and does. They don't tell you your job always. You know your job and you get your job all done. Undaunted and fearless, unswerving and unstoppable. Ladies and gentlemen, if we are going to make an impact and end strong, we got to face your front. I have always learned to face my front. Because in life, many things will come take you off. But I have learned from the one when I knew I was called and to ask him what have I been called for and to hear I've called you to be my pastor with the ability to teach my word. I have faced my front. I've heard people call me prof because I prophesied to them. I said I'm not a prophet. Don't confuse me. I am a pastor. I'm a homeboy. I stick and stay with the flock. I like to be around the flock. I mingle with them. I smell like the sheep. I hardly go out. I am always in church. Why? I am a pastor. I am not an evangelist. So I don't roam. Today here, tomorrow here, next week here, I am not. I am a pastor. Who do I leave the sheep for? Face your front. Hallelujah. Read Proverbs chapter 4 verse 25 down. Let me read the New Living Translation. It said look straight ahead. It says face your front. Look straight ahead. 
Face your front. Usher, face your front. Child of God, face your front. Singer, face your front. And fix your eyes on what lies before you. Where you are going is not on your side. It lies before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was said before. Face your front. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from evil. Can I say this? And never forget. You cannot make your mark if you are off your track. If you want to make a mark, know your track. You know, you know, Baba, those who run 100 meters, 200, 400, 100 by 4, 400 by 4. If you leave your track, you are disqualified. That is the call. That is the ministry. You got to stay on your track. Run in your lane. Your lane may not be pleasant. Uh. Your lane, they don't clap so much. Uh. But stay there. You will make a lasting impact. You cannot make your mark if you are off your track. Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 14, I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ. He said, he found his track, he stayed in his lane, he faced his front, and he was pressing. When you lose your focus, you will lose your future. Once you lose your focus, you have lost your future. Realize that the call is not clerical. The call is you. So when they see you, they should see the call. When they see you, you must ask, what do they see when they see me? Do they see a call? If they don't see a call, there must be a rethinking. Face your front. We've got to go back to what he said. We've got to go back to the demands he placed on us. We've got to go back to divine expectation. Finally, what does it take to make lasting impact? Four things, I'm done. One, don't be moved into competition. <laughs> if you're going to face your front, don't be moved into competition. Hallelujah. Be moved by vision. What he showed you, what he said to you, what is communicated to us in this house. We should be moved by vision. It didn't say the competition is set for an appointed time. It said the vision is for an appointed time. Don't be moved by competition. Number two, don't be moved into imitation. There are people, they are doing nothing and they are just copying. They see this person doing that, they go and do it. See this person, until now they are no more original. Papa says you can take inspiration, but you just copy, 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 copy. No. Don't be moved into imitation. So there's something nice happening here. We have to do something. There's some, no, it is vision. It is not the doing that makes it nice. It is the pursuit of vision that makes provision available. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I read a story. It was Billy Graham who dedicated Oari, Roberts University. And so people came together and said, no, you two, you must have a university. So they planned. They, they got him a big land. They were ready to sponsor him. He said, God has not asked me to build a university. That somebody is doing it. Does it mean you also? And there are people coming. But, yeah, 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 You know, sometimes when you are in a system and don't know what the system is doing and what the system is going, you bring confusion in the system. You bring big confusion in the system. The issue is sight, vision. What it showed. Where we are going. Hallelujah. Nobody will know there's a deviation except the color. And I'm blessing marriage and I make a mistake along the line. I see the people around they will not know except my father. Ah. They, will not, they will not know I made a mistake that I jumped this and I brought this one back later. Hallelujah. I just face my front and I finish the marriage. <laughs> when you are singing and you make a mistake, face your front and finish the song. You know, when, when you just stand there and look at <laughs> You let the whole world know that there's an error around. No. You face your front. Hallelujah. You just give a sign and say, roll over. Give me the beat again. Roll over. You are catching breath to face your front. Hallelujah. Don't be moved into imitation. Hallelujah. Number three, don't be moved by condemnation or criticism. It will come. I've seen plenty. I chop him. He make, I make fat. My solidity is in the condemnation and the criticism. If all men say good about you, there's something wrong with you. They are doing something wrong. But if they are saying what they are saying because you are doing something wrong, you also fix it. Don't be moved by condemnation or criticism. Because you see, there are those assigned and anointed from hell to distract you and to irritate you. Unless you don't understand the call of God. There are men and women anointed a sign from hell. Now, Pastor Christian, I did not call yet. You don't answer. I remember when I was sent to Ashama. So people look at me. They said, nah, Bishop, Pastor Morgan, Bishop, Dominic Bimbai. Now, Pastor Morgan, then I call you Ashama. Hey, yo. Shout the classroom. Sometimes part of you say, ah, what they are saying looks like, but there's something you know inside that faithfully see who has begun a good work. The same people once a while call me and say, Child, oh, but more day, oh, in more day, I do have me energy, don't be moved by condemnation, they'll criticize you because they don't understand what you are doing. That's why many don't make impact. He said, don't fight with the pigs. When you fight with the pigs, you'll be dirty. And the pigs will laugh at you. Don't be moved. I jokingly always say in Ashaman, the only place I make noise is within the four walls of this church. When I step out of the church, nobody hears my voice. I am done. If I have to fight, it is here. It's my sons and daughters are fighting a challenge. But when I step out, 
have no issue with anybody in the land. I face my front. Hallelujah. People will condemn you. You hear people saying things about you. You hear people attacking. It is not you they are attacking. They are attacking the call. Therefore, they are attacking the caller. Don't be moved by condemnation or criticism. To reach your goal. Archbishop mentioned those in the house of blessed memory said, you must thicken your skin and deafen your ears. If you don't thicken your skin and don't deafen your ears, you can't reach your goal. You must have a thick skin and have a deaf ears. Because it's not everything that you hear which you should worry about. Hallelujah. Preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because nobody talks about nobodies. People talk about somebodies. Unripe mangoes do not attract stones. Mango boom. What break into your tutu at your bone? They realize you are ripe, you are edible, you are choppable. Uh, and so they start attacking you. Uh. Sometimes they just want you to remain just like that. Not do anything, not move, not have impact. The moment you decide to make an impact, envy will arise. When you go and read Acts chapter 13, 43 to 45, time will not allow me. But you realize the moment Apostle Paul Try to make impact. One woman they preach, the proselytes all came together. The following week, when they gathered, the entire city gathered. They said, Ah, this evil. They started contradicting them and blaspheming. If you don't want to be condemned or criticized, remain like that. But once you start moving, They said our church in Ashama Papa is a hotel. They said, where did we get money? Once you decide to make impact, they start asking questions. But when you are in a classroom, nobody cares about you. People can survive our failure. But they cannot withstand our manifestation. When you are failing, they say, oh, yeah, normal, yeah, normal. When you stand manifesting and show you who you are, they say, I don't know you. I don't know you. They can survive our failure, Papa. But they cannot withstand. They cannot handle our manifestation. Finally, today, don't be moved into condemnation of others yourself. So don't do what people will do against you. Sometimes we try to condemn others, make others look small, so that we will look better. That's no ministry. Hallelujah. One of the things which has helped me to stay focused all these 38 years under the Papa, face my front. I am not interested in church politics. I'm not interested in this person said that, this person said that, what is the latest? I'm not interested in the latest. I'm interested in what instruction is coming from him, what is the next thing to be done, and how it should be done, and when it is not done well, which way can I help to fix it? Face my front. This morning, I urge you, in the name that is above every other name, face your front. And you wonderful people out there, 
whatever you have been called to, whatever assignment you have, face your front. In Jesus' precious name, amen.